0: Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, and before I introduce this week's guest, I want to acknowledge that it has been a really hard time, personally, for my friends, family, those in my circles and beyond. I want to hold space for the fact that many things can be held simultaneously and that feelings are real and powerful and often debilitating. So in some ways it feels quite trivial to be doing this podcast and to be releasing episodes during what feels like a particularly difficult time. With that said, I am also an artist in addition to being a human being and I do believe that art has the ability to heal and the ability to open our minds and our hearts perhaps just a little bit more and we need that more than anything now. As such, I am incredibly grateful to have Melinda Hale on this week's episode. She is someone who uses her platform to speak out for marginalized groups with earnestness, vulnerability, and kindness and she and I connected in this way on Instagram because of the way in which she was speaking out on behalf of the Jewish community. In this episode, we talk about the challenges of engaging in difficult conversation in today's fast-paced and divided world, especially on social media. We share different insights on giving oneself permission to start and speak out even in the face of adversity. We explore the importance of learning directly from others' lived experiences in order to foster understanding and create change. We also emphasize the value of kindness, empathy, and active listening in addressing social issues and breaking down barriers. Although we recorded this episode what feels like a couple of weeks, months ago, it feels even more relevant today. Enjoy. Melinda Hale, hi. (laughs) Hi. <laughs> so lovely <laughs> to see you through the screen.
1: Yes, You too.
0: I am really pumped to have you in this space to just Aww. see where this conversation goes. Um, I feel like you are full of creativity and wisdom and just uh, I, I flock to the earnestness and the vulnerability and the outspokenness of who you are as a human. So Anyway, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, <laughs> who are you today?
1: Oh, well thank you so much for having me, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I am a singer and an actress uh, just by nature, that's what I've done my my whole life pretty much, um, but activism really became a forefront of my the platforms that I have really in the wake of like black lives matter movement and in 2016 you know the election and everything and so now i've really used my platform just to even more so stand up publicly for any marginalized group really um and i'm just trying to show that it's possible to hold space for everybody and in the work that you do and how you move through the world I, i know it can be um exhausting yeah. at some points but i'm trying to to show that it is possible. So that's really who i am. I always just say i'm a singer-songwriter, actress and an activist and that's just how i move through the world and everything yeah. that informs every move that i do.
0: Well, what you're putting out is being received. So mm. i feel like i've seen all of that from the creative parts of yourself Thank but you. also in the advocacy part of yourself. Yeah. I'm curious just on the performer side of it, how did you get to that? Was that like a thing that started when you were a kid? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I
1: mean, I grew up singing in church. That was okay. like my age old story and then did a lot of musical theater in school. Did Where did you grow up? Classes. I grew up in Santa Barbara, California, which is a whole okay. story in itself. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Santa Barbara, I have. Um, but uh, very not diverse. I will put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, but I grew up doing a lot of music and and theater, and then I went to college for classical voice and minored in musical theater. And then after that, I really did a lot of touring with my band and as a solo artist. Yeah. Um, just performing around Southern California, Northern California, doing house concerts, all that things, releasing albums and um, doing theater on occasion. I always loved theater, but it was never the goal. Yeah. Um, I just, it was, I loved the community. I loved being a part of it, Um, but really releasing albums and touring was what I wanted to do. Music industry changed a lot and so did I. So, I wouldn't say that I put music on the back burner, but I just kind of adjusted my dreams to fit the person that I was becoming. Yeah. And i that's another thing to tell artists. It's okay to do that. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that you failed in any way. It doesn't mean that um, you wouldn't have made it in the way that you thought, but sometimes you just have to adjust. Yeah. And I adjusted even more so when I became a mom and when I got married and all of that, because that obviously changes things for you in a positive way. Honestly, I actually feel like I work a lot harder now that I have a daughter. I would Um, imagine you do. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also, I mean, not just in terms of balancing, but in terms of just wanting to show her what's possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, performing has always been a huge thing for me and I have done, you know, TV film commercials, all of that stuff and it's been great. And I've found different versions of myself in different facets of performing, which I really enjoyed and been entering into even a new version of myself. I just directed a short film for the first time. So having like a directorial debut and, and using all of the skills that I've kind of uh, gained up to this point was really, really interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I just encourage artists to to try everything because you yeah. never know where you might shine or where you may be needed that you didn't know you were needed before. And that's what I've really enjoyed in terms of the journey of performing.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I always feel like getting context for somebody, even yeah. just like a little bit is helpful for the trying to get more of a full picture. Absolutely. I'm curious how you find in yourself. Or how you give yourself permission to lean into the newer hats, the curiosity that you have towards, say, this directing, you know, path that now you're embarking upon or, um, you know, the activism that you started putting on. Like all of these, how are you, what do you do? Is there like a specific habit that you
1: have or is it just like, no, I feel it on my gut and I try and I I give, you know, give towards it? I love this question um, because I would definitely say the earlier version of myself was resistant to change okay. and resistant to new versions, because I definitely was like growing up, I want to be Whitney Houston. Like that yeah. was my goal in life. Right. Yeah. And then as I started to get older and be a part of the music industry more, and I was like, I don't want to be Whitney Houston. I'm like, mm-hmm. look what you did to Whitney. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You know clearly. <laughs> um, so I, I, as I've gotten older, I've definitely, just kind of learn to let go and let God like really yeah. my faith informs a lot of the movements that I have and just trusting and you know some and I'm, I'm a very very spiritual person my faith is very very important to me and I have been really in this mindset the last five years just like if something comes up and it feels right mm. just do it
0: where like, do you feel it you know, in you
1: it really is like in my chest, like it's a heart thing, you okay. know? Um, I feel like when something's in your gut, that's almost like, mm, maybe you shouldn't. Mm. That's for, at least for me and like how I listen to my body. But when I feel like in my chest in my heart, it's like my heart swells, like this is going to be a great thing. This is going to be a good thing. This yeah. is going to be a growth. Does thing it make you me.
0: sweaty and like excitable or does it
1: fill you with some kind of feeling it or f- you just, it fills me for sure. Okay. Um, it's it's hard to put into words it's it's and it's not like tangible right yeah. but i have definitely learned the difference between the good and the bad feelings and i think when you're a younger artist your desire and your hunger sometimes overpowers your intuition yeah. Right. And so you end up making a lot of mistakes, which is fine. We're supposed to make mistakes yeah. and grow from them. But I think the older I've gotten, I've been able to discern the difference. Yeah. So when I feel that, like, really like fulfilling heartfelt feeling. I'm like, okay, I just I this is something I need to do. Yeah. But I've learned to say no also, which is a big thing for me because I felt like, oh, if I say no to this, I'm going to lose this opportunity or this person's not going to work with me again or whatever the case may be. Right. But saying no, I've learned not only protects you, but it also protects them because I don't want to say yes to doing something that I'm not going to be able to give my full self heart to. Mm-hmm. And then then I do subpar work and then they really won't want to work with me again. Mm-hmm. So I think saying no has been um, very, very beneficial for me. I've also, and this is recently, I, I said yes to a lot of things that I knew I'd be able to do, but I also realized what my capacity was yeah. for having a lot of things at the same time, which I think is something that we all should learn because we do have a limit. We can mm-hmm. think that we're superheroes as yeah. much as we want, but your body will let you know very quickly Hey, you need to slow down. so I've learned to to really listen and tune in and and decipher between those things,
0: yeah. I ask about where where you feel it just because this has come up over a couple of different podcast episodes where mm-hmm. I have guests who come on and they talk about that like inner knowing, and I find it fascinating for all of us where that lives, yeah um, because it really isn't a one size fits all situation right. um but learning to listen to it wherever it comes up or being curious about, oh, I keep feeling this thing here in my body when this kind of thing happens. What is it actually telling me and starting Mm to be excited about wanting to, cultivate more of an understanding within ourselves of like Absolutely. our inner compass, wherever it lives actually is informing us and knows more. Like the body keeps the score is, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it lives there. Um, I also love that idea of learning your capacity rather than your, mm. like your, I don't know if the word is limits necessarily, but it feels... Like the counter of it, because mm-hmm. capacity feels, for me at least, like it, it's expansive.
1: Yes. Yeah. And
0: limit feels somehow is exactly in the word like limiting.
1: Yeah, but, for sure.
0: Yeah, but they are talking about the same thing. And to think of capacity as something that you're choosing versus limit is something imposed on you. Yeah. Yeah. Feels, um, like a wonderful distinction or a shift in our agency of choice.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? I completely agree. I, I And I love how you determined between the two, but that's very, very true. Absolutely. Yeah. There is a difference, yeah.
0: Because it has been for me too, just like the idea of the no actually being a yes, as in me saying no is saying yes to the things that I actually want to say yes to, or me saying yeah. no to, as you kind of said, like others who, if we had agreed to this, wouldn't be a collaborative experience, then no one's really quote unquote winning in it. Like everyone by saying no when it isn't right for you and your heart and your gut and your body and your mind and your soul and all of the things, it's actually a release. Um yeah. and there isn't limitation to that. It actually is expansive. Not saying this is easy, but like it's no yeah, but absolutely. It's a shift. Um, thank you for sharing all yeah. of that in that way. I'm curious now to if you're cool, to dive into you being able to harness what you know and feel and then giving of yourself to it as in speaking out, putting things into action because that's a very different thing than just mm-hmm. like I feel this, I know this in my heart and then I'm stifled because of X, Y, and Z reasons surrounding me and I don't feel mm-hmm. empowered to or safe to or insert word here and we don't give ourselves that permission. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. do you
1: do that for yourself? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> this is a great question. Um, I think I'll I'll start with just lessons that I learned from my mom specifically. Okay. Um, you know, both my parents are wonderful, but my mom and I are very much the same person. Um, Isn't that funny? Like, same- like how that yes. happens? <laughs> it's wild, and and it's funny. Also, now having a daughter mm. and. Acting exactly how my mom, was oh my with god, me and my sister. I'm like, oh god, I'm becoming yeah. you, right? Oh boy. Um, but you know, it basically kindness and empathy cost you nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's just how I've always felt. And I think even being an artist, you know, performing and being in this world, you meet so many different people. Yeah. And it should expand your worldview a little bit because meeting people from different backgrounds and meeting people with different ethnicities and cultures should expand your worldview and make you a more well-rounded person. And my mom has always been, my dad's definitely a hermit. He like, if he never talked to another human being, he probably definitely like I'm good right I have my family I'm happy which it's fine it's just so funny he's an older man like it's fine I love it Uh, but my mom is a very much a social butterfly the way that I am and I love people and love communicating but it's just it's really the simple thing of like being kind and having empathy and learning other people's stories and so using my platform and finding the time and the space to do it has always just felt natural for me it's never felt forced or trying to piggyback on a movement or um use it for social clout in any way shape or form i just it doesn't make sense to me when people don't show up for other people and you know i i grew up in a very progressive christian household i've been a christian my whole life i hate what unfortunately Christian has become mm. in this country because, in my mind, it has always been following someone who led with love, mm. and um, that's what I always try to do. I'm clearly not perfect, and I definitely get into social media arguments. I try not to, but it's yeah. it, it's impossible sometimes. But I think just leading with love and trying to to be there for everybody it doesn't cost you anything. I feel like yeah. it takes more effort to be actively against people, and um, Try to tear them down and oppress them in any way, shape, or form when you could just love them and, and live your life. Right. So it's, it doesn't take anything out of my day, out of my career trajectory, out of my personal life to just make a statement and say, Hey, like, pay attention to what's happening, you know, show up for these people. These people are hurting. It, it takes nothing. And I wish more people would realize that it really doesn't cost them anything to just show up and be kind yeah. and have empathy.
0: Yeah. I think. I know for me, what I keep feeling like I see, and I know I feel within myself sometimes too, is with society the way that it is, especially in this like cancel culture that we are really deeply embedded in at the moment, I found, mm-hmm. where it's we're so quick to judge. We're so quick to say you're wrong. We're so yeah. quick to um, know more than somebody as opposed to lean in with curiosity. And even if you have specific beliefs and values, just to even listen. Like, I feel like these core skill sets that define what it means to be a human versus, you know, just an animal, we're losing um, just given the scope of how quick things move and also social media being a rapid place that is – I mean, like all of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I find that it's the fear around saying the wrong thing or acting too soon because then more information comes out is a pertinent thing. And also that some people are really vicious on the internet specifically. And to be able to take a stance at something requires a really tough skin and an emotional Mm -hmm. fortitude Mm -hmm. that frankly shouldn't be, in conjunction with one speaking out and advocating and i think for me that's where it gets really tricky where yeah. it's like yeah you could be speaking out on behalf of what feels so obviously right and feels so obviously loving and kind and inclusive and progressive and whatever the other words are and yet yeah. there are there's still somehow vitriol that comes for it
1: yeah yeah and
0: that is the navigation that has me really plagued by speaking out sometimes when I mm-hmm. do get that feeling of you have to yeah, or um, stunted in the way that I do it because I – and I'm not somebody who normally cares about what anybody thinks, but because when it comes to these real things, there are such polarizing – that for me is where it gets tough.
1: It is tough. And yeah, I mean, there's going to be vitriol and hate no matter what you do. Yeah. I mean, I I always joke, like when, you know, obviously when Obama was in office, I was like, this man could cure cancer and people would have a problem. 100 percent You know what 100%. I mean? It doesn't matter. That's always going to be an opposition. I think that people have to get to a level, if they can, of selflessness. And that's what it really requires is not worrying about the response you're going to get, but knowing that the positive response is is going to be bigger and more important, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone tells me, it's so funny, that, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, how much you're speaking out for the Jewish community. Like you get so much hate. And I'm like, okay, but like, they're gonna find a reason to hate me anyway. Like I'm literally a black female married to a white man and I'm in the performance space. Like there's going to be something they're gonna find a problem with, right? So it doesn't really make a difference to me. You know, speak out for the LGBTQ community. I'm gonna get hate, doesn't matter. The positivity that I receive and the thanks that I receive is the whole reason, right? And I understand that it's hard, but what I have found is that if, people have two thumbs and a social media you know, platform, they're going to find a way. Yeah. So I think it just comes down to if you know that something is right, no matter how hard it may feel or may be, just do the right thing. And also it's okay to mess up and you can lead with, I want to say something, but I don't know what to say. Yeah. I think if you are organic and authentic in that, um, in that wording, I think that people will receive it a little differently. And I, I think I would rather see people speak up and say, I want to say something, but I don't know what to say, then to yeah. be silent, then at least you're trying, you know. Yeah. But we can't be so afraid of getting it wrong that we don't even make an attempt. Yeah. And I under I understand it though, for sure, because I was definitely there years ago. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should say anything about this. I don't know if I should say anything about this. But then I just realized at the end of the day, what's right. What is right? What yeah. is what is the good thing to do? Kindness and empathy don't really cost me anything. It costs that person more to come at me with vitriol and hate than it yeah. is for me to say I stand with this community.
0: Yeah. Have you found that by speaking up, and this is a really weird and uncomfortable question, so I apologize <laughs> if it comes out strangely no, as no. it comes out of my brain. Have you found that it actually has gotten you into rooms as an artist more or has it gotten you into rooms that were unexpected as an artist because of it or has, or, and I guess you don't know necessarily what rooms it's kept you out of, but I guess the opposite of that, like, do you feel like you speaking out on behalf of some of these communities have actually maybe severed the possibility of you in theory working with people, which arguably if we go on the opposite side, like you wouldn't want to work with these people anyway, because they don't understand like what you're (laughs) speaking on behalf of, but that. For sure.
1: I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? I it's possible, but I have I think I only know the positive things, right? Yeah. Because those are the people that actually contact me. I will never know if I've been kept out of a room um or kept out of a meeting because of what I have stood up for. Yeah. I will absolutely never know that. I do know that I've gotten into rooms that have nothing to do with art that were unexpected um and that was really a blessing just because people appreciated my views yeah and just being myself you know not even you know portraying a character or singing a song it was just me Melinda Hale being myself and speaking up that has gotten me into unexpected advocacy and activism rooms yeah. and platforms and panels and speeches and all that stuff so that's was also a very unexpected trajectory that I didn't expect. Um, and it was it's been beautiful, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I think I wouldn't say it's affected my art or in any way, shape, or form, um, good or bad. And if it has affected good, no one said anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so they've just called me in and hopefully it's just because they think I'm talented. But if it's helped a little bit, great. But you know, I, I I have no idea, honestly. Yeah. I know, and that's not a weird question at all. It is it is a very, very valid question.
0: Well, I think the reason I ask it is, um, and you mentioned it yourself, you have been speaking out on behalf of the Jewish community, which, um, thank you, I don't represent the whole Jewish community, but as a Jew in this particular <laughs> space, um, you know, and we don't necessarily need to go down this path, but I know I... It feels really isolating for this particular movement um, when you are in the social space. Um, And I had spoken out um, about the funny girl release that had happened. And I kind of did exactly what you talked about, which is like, I don't know how to talk about this. And I have to, though. Mm -hmm. Like, that was literally the frame that I – it was in my body. I was – I couldn't not, I was so flushed and I could, my heart rate was up and I knew that it was like, if I don't get this off my chest, I actually won't be able to sleep. Like it's literally that. It'll sit with you. Yeah. It was plaguing me. And it was like, I don't have the words necessarily to do this. And I don't know the right way to say it, but also like, this is me. And I'm speaking on behalf of myself and where I'm coming from. And it went quite, viral in a way Mm -hmm, that I mm -hmm. was not expecting at all and I'd never experienced before, which was even weirder because I feel like maybe people who are used to that, it's just like they there's like a thick skin that comes with like, you know that movement, you know the ups and downs of like, it happens really quick and then it dies out and then the next thing happens really quick and it's kind of like a weird hit and you just kind of, it all becomes numb. But I had never had that. Mm -hmm. And it was this really weird thing that A huge reason I didn't want to say something was because I feared that it would somehow as an artist prevent me from doing the creative work I wanted to do. That somehow me being an outspoken Jewish woman with opinions, like, was somehow going to – the onus of that was going to be put on me in a way that was going to like follow me into rooms and or Mm -hmm. not into rooms that wouldn't now be open. And then it was that thing of me sitting and being like, okay, well, these rooms that are potentially not calling you in, you would not be doing your best work because clearly there would be something disconnected between that whole space anyway. So that's actually okay. And you would say this again and you would say it again. You believe it in your core and it's fundamental to like – your people, and you're like, yeah. this is not something that you you would just say and not if somebody can correct me if I got something wrong, a hundred percent always open to that. But like, in terms of my beliefs and my value system, like I would say this again. yeah, and it was like, all right. well, that you know is not something that's just like flippant in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this this tie of being outspoken and also being a creative who we've been taught and told to stay in your lane and don't take up the space are at odds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And I I mean I couldn't disagree with that more <laughs> because <laughs> I think when you have layers to who you are it makes you more interesting as an artist, yeah. right? Because you you bring more to the table 100%. and you know honestly creating a character for example you have other parts of your life to pull on to pull from to make that character real and make it authentic and lyrics that you're singing to a song could you can give new meaning to them and um, make an audience hear them in a different way based on your life experience or based on the things that you're passionate about right i think artists that don't talk about anything are very, very boring, honestly. And and (laughs) I'm not trying to put anybody down, but I just... I, I just don't think it's interesting and it does, it could be anything. You could be passionate about cooking, <laughs> like, Yeah, just yeah. have something else outside of it. And you're absolutely correct. We have been conditioned to believe that you are just, you should just be your one thing that you've chosen and that's your path. It's like, it's like, they make it as simple as being a lawyer or a doctor, when Right. it's not like being an artist is an artist. It's an all encompassing thing and it create, there's so much that you can create underneath that. And so when I have seen other artists speak out, it just, it makes me actually interested in the work that they're doing from their artistry, right? Um, because they're an interesting person to me. So I, I really just encourage people to find something that they're passionate about outside of their art that draws people in, in a different way because then you're also capitalizing on two different audiences, right? Or three different audiences or four different audiences. Um, you know, for myself, I have people that know me from my music. I have people that know me from acting. Then I have people that really know me from activism. Um, and you know now they're all kind of intertwined, and that's yeah. been really, really wonderful to have them blend together. And you know, people that know my music are like, "Oh, I love how much you're speaking out." Or people that know me from activism are like, "I didn't know you sang." Like, it's it's great. Yeah. I, I I love that. So I really just encourage people to try and find that one thing, one additional thing, or two additional things. Yeah,
0: and it's also, I mean, you're tapping on this thing that it's like. These are parts of who you are. These aren't things that you're just putting on for the sake of being interesting. It's like you are interesting, inherent of the fact that these are things that make up who you are.
1: You know, we forget
0: that in order to be storytellers, like we are putting on in essence circumstances that aren't yours, but they have to come through you. Like that is point if you are not accessing all parts of yourself to be able to tell these stories yeah. I'm like what are you doing Absolutely um, I know when I teach and I coach and I you know especially in master classes like people are always asking like well you know like people talk about like self-care, like, what do you do? Or like, you know, I'm feeling really burnt out. Like, how do I stay motivated? It's like, anytime any version of that question comes up, it's like, what are your hobbies? Not to be interesting. Like, what do you actually enjoy doing besides this? So that God forbid we're in another pandemic or we're in a strike like we are now and Mm -hmm. the whole entire industry is dictated by not you like what are you doing to keep yourself satiated to find joy and creativity elsewhere where are you learning new things and where are you getting inspiration so that you can then bring it into the craft um Mm -hmm. you know i think we also forget that like we're living in a world
1: where there's so much. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> like just too much, but arguably a hundred percent too much.
0: And like, how do you how do you choose to engage with it? Yeah. You know, is is yeah. also the choice that we have. Um I'm curious for yourself if you If you purposefully on the day are like, okay, you know, I've been leaning so far into the advocacy hat for a while, I need to now veer more into music land, or is it more just like every day I really want to like put in a little bit of these things, or it's actually not even a choice. You just follow your
1: gut. I just follow my gut, honestly. Um, I mean, and sometimes I'm just sharing things about my family or funny things that my daughter said. Like I just, I think it's very important to show that you're a real person. You know um and i get that a lot of obviously a lot of social media is is manufactured and it's a highlight reel and and that could be some people's brand and that's you know not knocking them whatsoever but i will say for myself what works for me and what i love to see is just authenticity. Mm -hmm. I think it's so, so important to just show that you are real, that you have good days, you have bad days, or that you love just going for walks, or you, you know, had one of your nailed it moments in the kitchen. You're like, I try to make a cake and it looks like this. You know, I just, I love that part. And then you, you see a video of them singing or acting you're like, oh my gosh. And then you see another part of them. I just love seeing all the layers of, of, of humanity in people. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. Um, And that's what I try to show. Yeah.
0: When it comes to topics or um things that you don't know as much about but you do want to speak up on, do you research? Do you have other resources that you use? Like, how do you um tune into um, I guess, like deciphering noise from fact?
1: Yeah, oh no, that's a great question. Um, I mean i do research i do i try to listen to even though they're very limited uh bipartisan media it's not yeah. not a lot of choice good luck <laughs> yeah <Not laughs> that in of, of itself is like the research project of trying to find but, it oh my but, gosh mm-hmm. yeah there's this great grid i forget what it's called but it does uh, show you which ones are More left leaning, more right leaning, and which ones are kind of right in the middle. And oddly enough, they're all like not in our country. Like BBC is one of the most bipartisan media things that just report the facts. And I'm like, I have to go to the UK to find out what's (laughs) happening in my own country, but okay. Um, So, yeah, I try to do bipartisan media, but specifically things that are happening within other marginalized communities. I try to just talk to people within those communities and have conversations and understand. I mean, I would say about a year and a half ago was when I really started having conversations with my Jewish friends. Like what, okay, what is going on? Like cool. I didn't know antisemitism was this big of a deal. Like yeah. I, I had like, cause I'm always like, why? Like, what did Jewish people do? Like, why are you upset? Well, yeah, like, we'll go back. You know what since. I mean? But that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's really what my thought has been. And it's, and I'm not saying, that like for Black people, I understand that the vitriol that's towards Black people, but the history of this country has been Black and white, literally, yeah, right? So mm-hmm. I understand that history, that there is going to always be contention between those communities in terms of left and right, Black and white. I get that. We know that. That is what this country is built on, you know, mm-hmm. starting with slavery, right? But for me, trying to understand why there's such a Animosity towards the Jewish community in this country, I was so beyond confused because it made absolutely no sense to me. Because I'm like, what is the history here? So that was really eye opening for me. And especially as, you know, uh, people were posting more about the situation with, you know, Palestine and Israel and wanting to understand that, which it's such a nuanced conversation with, I was very ignorant to. And, um, you know, having those conversations and realizing that all of my friends are like, "No, I'm pro-Palestinian and pro, you know, Israel. Like, I just want yeah. peace." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, I had no idea about the situation." So, it's really talking to people and getting to know them and 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 hearing their stories and their backstories and hearing from their families, steward um, stories from about their families, um, because it gives you just a different perspective. And I think, obviously, you can get facts, quote unquote, from the media, right? But really talking to people that experience things firsthand is yeah. important. You know, people will assume that they know things about the Black Lives Matter movement as a whole. The organization is something different. <laughs> we, we won't talk about the organization because I know that there have been issues with that, but the movement, Right. Understanding what it's about. Have you talked to a Black person? Have you, do you have any Black friends? You know, have those conversations with people to really fully understand what somebody's lived experience is because you're not going to get a nuanced, authentic, heartfelt. Conversation and experience retold on the news. You're just not going to, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to change things for shock factor or adjust things for honestly clickbait and for watches. Mm -hmm. They're not going to give you that my, you know, great, great, great grandfather was a slave or Mm -hmm. my great, great grandfather or my great grandfather survived the Holocaust. They're not going to give you that, right? And so when you have those real stories that you can hear from people, it should really, I would think, invoke something in you to be like, oh, this is a serious thing. So that was really my journey. Um, And it's been my journey, honestly, with the LGBTQ community. Now granted, I grew up in a progressive Christian household, so that was never an issue for me. I went to a conservative Christian college, Mm -hmm. and I was so confused by how people uh, responded to the LGBTQ community, because that's not how I was raised. You know, my my parents have always been very loving and accepting, and open and welcome. And I did musical theater, so like, (laughs) it was like, I was like, what's the issue, right? So, um, I think just expanding your circle, drawing your circle wider, and talking to people and getting to know their lived experiences—that's really what the key is.
0: Yeah, I think it goes back to kind of what we had touched upon earlier, of just like this idea of like listening. Yeah. And it feels like a lost skill set, or it's being a lost skill set. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or like the way that people think that they're listening is just hearing as opposed to like receiving Mm -hmm. and actually just listening. (laughs) Like, Yeah. yeah, it's just, it feels so different. And I think what you're sharing is this idea that you're going into these conversations. Wanting to learn, wanting to receive, not being on any form of defensive from the get. It's like, cool. I have what I think I know. Maybe I don't know, or maybe I will learn something different, and that will contribute to what I do know. Um, and there's a an openness to that kind of listening that is antithetical to the i'm list, but I'm listening to you. no, i'm I'm yeah. listening. It's like, this isn't an argument. This is a conversation. (laughs) Like, I'm sharing, you're sharing. Let's all meet together and actually see our shared humanity or where we can find that overlap or maybe the gaps in that that then we can repair or we can try to do something about um, that the listening in it really... I think that's where my heart breaks a lot because Mm -hmm. it does seem like so much is lost because people are unwilling to look inward about the way in which they engage with others.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's also when you are going into these conversations, it's not going in with knowing that you there's a possibility you could be wrong because nobody wants to be wrong, right? And so if you don't go in Just open and you already have your prepared responses before you even hear what the person says, then no progress will ever get Uh made. But and this is even like the tagline for my podcast, but it's everything begins with the conversation. Like if we can't have a conversation, we're not going to make any progress whatsoever. But people, again, like you said, their their effective communication is lost. Active listening is lost. Um, the fear of being wrong, always wanting to be right. Like it's all of these variables really affect just how we engage with one another nowadays. And it is a shame because I do feel that I think, you know, fundamentally there will always be one side or the other. Like we'll have differences for sure. That's just life. But I think at the end of the day, like the basic things, we all kind of want the same of, you know, we want to have our families be safe. We want to be able to provide for them. We want to thrive in whatever career we're, we're choosing. And we don't want there to be any form of hate or racism. I mean, I'm sure there are some people that are fine with that, right? But I think the majority of people don't want that, right? But if you're not listening, and I even said this in a speech I did recently, is that we can never find out that we all want to get to the same destination if we're not listening to what the other person's route may be. Yeah. And it's it's very apparent in social media. And again, social media is a blessing or a curse. We met on social media. That's Literally. a positive, exactly. Right? Um, but because of social media, it has allowed for no active listening and mm-hmm. everybody to have an opinion and express it in whatever way that they want. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to kindness and empathy cost you nothing. We just need to learn how to converse with one another. And if we disagree, we disagree, but it is very disheartening to see that we are disagreeing in such a um an vitriolic way. It's it is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> it really
0: is. Yeah, and it's it's these like it's these spaces that I <sighs> It's times in the vitriol and in the division of it, I. It's really hard to not like slip into full despair, <laughs> around like right. the human condition, um, which again ties back to like why I've chosen to not chose I enemy and chose me, I guess, or like why I continue engaging with being an artist. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. that. It's a it is the human condition, and I think there's complexity to the human condition, which is again, what makes it so unique and special and and wild and a playground of uh, whatever. But I just, it breaks my heart that, as you said, like we are all really trying to just like do the basic of like, let me provide, let there be shelter, let there be food, let there be water. Yeah. Like, we're all trying to do that and yet somehow, we're missing each other. And I try not to get bogged down by that because that's just a really sad space to sit in for so long Um, and why social media breaks are helpful and why like Mm -hmm. stepping out and being in the mountains is my happy place. And I try to do that as much as I can to be reminded that like this planet exists and has existed far longer than I have and ever will. Um, And there's spaces that are more expansive than what – our human minds can comprehend and, you know, just that reminder is helpful. But when it comes to these little, the rifts in it all, it really can feel very bleak. And I guess you're very, you seem to be quite well adjusted in those bleak moments, (laughs) but I imagine every once in a while there, maybe there's a flood of it at some point. How do you find yourself capable of lifting out of it, Do you have some sort of regiment of like love that you give to yourself or you have others you call upon? Like how do you protect yourself and also take care of yourself when it is a lot?
1: Yeah. Honestly, I just have to step away from social media as a whole. Um, You know, I have a lot of self-care stuff from just going to get a mani-pedi or taking Mm -hmm. a bath or like just watching TV with my daughter. It's just really simple things to just shut everything down. Um, but it's really learning to put the phone down and yeah. put it on silent and not looking at it. And, you know, our phones live in our hands. Right. Yeah. But that's just really what I have to do. And I used to think that I had to be accessible at all times, even yeah. outside of social media. And I realized it's okay that to not be, and to not apologize, like, sorry, I didn't respond. It's like, well, this is when I'm getting to it. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to take a minute to myself. I do a and thank you that. for
0: navigating my delayed response moment. Yeah. Like I reverse it, just like thank you for. I'm
1: yeah. gonna take it. I'm not apologizing for it, but like yeah, thank yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, I love that. No, I love that. Um, so yeah, I just I just have to step away. I just yeah. have to step away because it can be very consuming and it can be very daunting, and you can go down the rabbit hole of comments. Which I know they always say don't look at the comments, but yeah. we do anyway. We can't help it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's really shutting down and just being with my family or just doing things by myself, going for a walk, whatever it is, and just kind of resetting. Yeah, I think it's important to do every now and then and take breaks and know that um, it's not gonna make a difference in the impact that you're making or what your life or career trajectory is going to be. If you take four or five, two weeks, a month, whatever waves from social media, like you still exist and you can always go back to it. It's not going to change anything. And I think that we fear that if we're not constantly active on social media, then like we won't get this or we won't get that or it's going to matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. It, you matter and how you are showing up in the world matters. So if you're not well because of these things, you need to step away from them and take care of yourself so yeah. you can show up fully. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. For anybody who is like wanting to be braver, <laughs> obviously, you know, like you can listen to yourself and you can just take the risk and whatever. We can, you know, put it on like a timeline of the things. But what would you say <laughs> would be like first steps of somebody who is like, I've been sitting on these feelings for a really long time or I am somebody who actually is really passionate about these things and so nobody really knows it because I've been too afraid to speak on it. What would be some thoughts that you might have about somebody harnessing their bravery and stepping into expressing?
1: Yeah. I love this because I do know that that fear lies within a lot of people. I think honestly, and it's going back to what I said earlier start by saying that you want to say something but you don't know what to say and i think that you will be met with a lot of um people that probably feel the same way yeah and then you will find connection within those people and they'll probably want to talk to you well like this is how i was feeling about this or oh i'm so glad that you feel that way too i think just starting anywhere is a good starting point honestly you don't have to go in heavily and 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 go really deep and, and say too much but i think acknowledging that you care acknowledging that something matters to you is always the first step you don't need to again go deep but just saying you know i really care about this i don't know how to express how i'm feeling i don't know if anybody's feeling the same way but i just wanted to say something that this really does matter to me and it's that simple it really yeah. is that simple cuz then you're opening up a conversation with other people, like I said, that might feel the same way. And you never know what it could go from there and you could end up having private conversations with people. Yeah. Um, I think also the, the thought is that a lot of people think that the first step has to be public. It doesn't. You can just start these conversations with your friends, mm-hmm. like, hey, how do you guys feel about this? I've wanted to say something but i just figured i'd ask you let's talk about it start small it doesn't have to be a public declaration but you could be having a conversation with somebody who also is afraid to speak out and those small conversations could lead to bigger conversations and then could lead to you wanting to have a public platform about it but not saying anything i think we just have to get that out of our our mindset and get that out of our body and even if it's just one person that you talk to at least yeah. you're Letting releasing it a little bit because if it sits with you too long, it'll, it'll again, like you said, I love your word to plague you. Um, so yeah, just start small.
0: I love that reminder that it doesn't have to be a public declaration. I think we often think, and I'll speak on behalf of myself, that you know, just because we have an opinion or a value or something that we believe in, it needs to be like shared with the world. And it's like, no, no, I mean, in fairness, like, I my close inner circle, no, my opinions and feelings, you know, <laughs> maybe to a fault. Um, you know, and I think for me, it's more like, I don't want to keep burdening them with that, which granted, they could easily tell me like enough, Jen, and I'll listen. Right. But, you know, you know, so that's my own nonsense to navigate around the burden part of that. But, you know, I think it it is a helpful reminder of like, your world is still your small little world and that in of itself is a ripple effect and if people start to know that this is even in the zeitgeist of a conversation or possible to even talk about then maybe yeah. more people will talk about it and and hopefully that continues you know the ripple but it doesn't have to be that if you're not ready for it and yet just the speaking on it in some capacity or writing on it and then putting that somewhere or however your form of expression lives singing yes. about it you know then um dancing whatever uh then that still is releasing it into little pockets of the ether and it doesn't Absolutely. have to be full declaration, Absolutely, which, what a helpful reminder to yeah. us all. <laughs> um, <laughs> as we begin to wind down our time, is there anything on your heart, your mind, your spirit that we didn't talk about that you would love to share or navigate?
1: Again, like I said, I am – One of those people that my faith informs everything that I do. And I come from beliefs that lead with love. And, and kindness and empathy. And I think that's so a good place to start. Just be yeah. kind. It's, I just feel like people make it so difficult. Yeah, they <laughs> just do. Just be kind. They Just do. be kind and, and, and love others and listen to their stories and don't discount their lived experiences. I think that's the important thing is that a lot of the things that we're seeing in this world is people aren't taking into account people's actual lived experiences. And it's so important to, to give credit to those stories and and honor them because people feel the way that they do because it's been their experience. It's not just some made up thing, right? And that's for all communities. Um, in all marginalized communities, you know, they've experienced things that have caused these movements, and there's a reason behind all of them. Find out what those reasons are. You know, don't just assume, like, oh, this next person's wanting attention or they're wanting no, there's a reason yep. why all of these things are happening. There's a reason why Black Lives Matter happened, there's a reason why anti-Semitism is at the forefront of conversations. There's a reason why LGBTQ community is still fighting for rights. There's a reason why women are still fighting for the rights, yep. there's a reason for all of these things. It's not just us wanting to hear ourselves talk, right? So just take into account what someone's experience maybe before you comment and, and also just talk to people. I think it's yeah. very, very important. Like we talked about just conversations and learning to converse and listening, because yeah. again, it is lost.
0: Yeah. And the lack of assumption making. Oh,
1: yes. That, yes. yes, yes. That, 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 that.
0: Like the assuming that goes on is like, well, I, I heard this Wild. one somewhere. Cool. Now let's engage with like what is or what you're hearing now in this moment. And accept that those
1: assumptions are wrong. Like exactly exactly.
0: Or accept that those assumptions were okay back then and are no longer now. Like I think that too. It's like the the fear of being able to morph with yes the the culture and Mm -hmm. to recognize that things were done 10, 20, even five years ago that were quote unquote okay then and now they're not. And people can own, I made that mistake back then. Yes, do was that like part of what was going on and people were excusing it? Sure, but now would never. Like I think right. people are able to also learn from their mistakes. They're able to grow and change if that is actually something that they're trying to do and like give people that space to do it but don't make assumptions. Yeah. Like oh my god. Yeah, I can clearly yeah. I have a lot of feelings about yes. that.
1: <laughs> no, I'm with you though. I mean, and and here's the thing and this is where my empathy comes in with those people. Change is scary. It yeah. is. I get it. Change is scary. However, if you look at our history, like nothing is the same. So we just have to accept that change is an inevitable thing. Yeah. And because change with
0: it. is a constant, which is like that, it's you know, a crazy constant. And- mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we just got to get with the program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, for anybody who does not currently follow you or wants to reach out or work with you or hire you, what within your boundaries is the best way for people to reach you?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so my website is melindahale.com and you can find all things there. But all of my social media is just at Melinda Hale. Very, very simple. Instagram, I guess Twitter X or whatever, but I don't really use it as much yep. anymore. Um, threads, TikTok. You know, Facebook, all that. So,
0: yeah. Thank you so much for going on this conversation with me. I know we didn't get into like the weeds about specific communities or about like the specific content you've posted or any of that. But I think for me, I'm, I just, I'm really grateful for the breadth of outspoken content, I guess for better word, like that you've, you engage with and you create. Yeah. Um, I want to like, thank you on behalf of myself and arguably many other Jewish folks as well who, um, have seen what you've posted. Um, it's rare to have somebody who is not Jewish or of Jewish faith to, um, speak out on behalf of these particular issues. Yeah, that's what I hear, which is wild, but. <laughs> yeah, and not to make this podcast about that necessarily, but you know, for me, that was my entry point mm-hmm. for you, and it really means a lot to have people who are not of your community speaking on behalf of your community Absolutely. when it comes from a place of kindness and empathy and non-judgment and um, desire for inclusivity and it really does have a huge ripple effect. And I imagine you also get a lot of vitriol for it. And so I just want to like affirm that there are people like myself who are hearing it and receiving it, and it is allowing us to continue to um, believe that there are good folks out there who aren't just within our own little (laughs) sphere um, and that we're not just fighting for that for ourselves. So I just want to publicly say thank you on behalf of that particular cause from me. You're Um, very welcome. So thank you. Um, And just generally how you're speaking, I just, I really think you are a lesson for many in how to engage in these worlds with kindness and empathy and active listening and a lack of assumption. Um, So continue doing what you're doing across all of the things, including in your art. And I'm just, I'm really grateful for you giving time to our space and our community in this way. So thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. If something in this episode resonated with you, and more importantly, if this podcast means something to you, it would mean the most to us if you would leave us a positive review. This means the most in podcast land and allows us to continue creating these episodes for you weekly. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artists Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, more on our website at empoweredartistcollective.com If you are seeking some fun, cute merchandise, we have that link for you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back, and we will be back again next week. Until then.